Thank you for joining us today in the Nicole Anders Experience. I am Nicole Anders. Today I'm here with Laura Ortner. We have a great story to share with you today of infertility, perseverance, and determination. I'm excited to share this one with you, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I think you're going to enjoy it. Laura, thank you for joining oh, me this thank morning. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is a long time coming for you. You yes. have a huge story that I am so excited to share with listeners and women and other moms out there. Thank you. Um, I saw you yesterday. You <laughs> came and yes. supported me at an event that I um, had coordinated for Melissa at Melt by Melissa. And you had just come from... Um, baptism, baptism class. class. Yes, yes, we are getting Madison is seven months. She was seven months yesterday. Yeah. So we are getting her baptized here in a couple weeks. That's so We're exciting. very excited. Yep. Madison, also known as Maddie. Yes. To those out there. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's go back. You and I kind of have a similar story where we got married later in life. Mm-hmm. I married at 35. I think you were already 36. Mm-hmm. I was. Yep. When you got married. Um, but that's kind of where it ends. You know, Michael and I got married in, um, January of 2015 and we had Tristan right away in April of 2016. Mm -hmm. You got married in October of 2015. Right. Yes. And then I think started trying right away, right? We had actually started trying before. Okay. You know, we did the whole, you know, they say the pull the goalies and that, you know, not trying, Mm -hmm. um, but just... You know, not not trying, I guess yeah. is always the, the way to say it. Um, you know, I had I had never, I don't think it ever occurred to me that there would be an issue. I think in my mind it was always like, all right, we're going to get married. We're going to try. Maybe it'll take a couple months mm-hmm. and, and, you know, then we'll, we'll be good and yeah. life will be normal. It's kind of funny. I, I back up to when I was 31, I had just gotten out of a very serious relationship. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I had no idea, like you know, when, if anything else, I'm getting married. So I remember going into my gynecologist um, just in our next annual yeah. and sitting down with her and just saying, hey, I'm just kind of curious. I was thinking maybe I'd freeze my eggs just because I have no idea like when, yeah, when things will happen, anything else. And she was like, don't be silly. You're only 31. Like why, why even think about that? Wow. And I immediately dismissed it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Like, you know, I see celebrities out there at yeah. 45 having kids. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, now wow. now I know that gynecologists actually have zero knowledge on anything fertility, yeah. which is not really their fault, I guess, but I think it'd be nice for them to maybe acknowledge that yeah. and just say, hey, you know, that's not really my space. Yeah. Maybe talk to someone else. Sure. Because <clears throat> honestly, it's a very simple blood test. Yeah. That tells you what your two hormone, your two fertility hormones look like. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, you know, I kind of had that mentality like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, plenty of people do it. So yeah, yeah that was, um, <clears throat> so we were married in October. We had been trying for a while. Uh, the next summer uh, was when we actually found out we were pregnant for okay. the first time. And um, that pregnancy lasted, I want to say the first one was about seven weeks okay. was when I miscarried. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I think we were very like, okay, you know what happens? It's very mm-hmm. common for people to miscarry the first time. No mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. So we just started trying again. 
And that following January was when I was like, hmm, you know, now it's been another six months or so. Yeah. Nothing's really happened. Maybe I should go have a consultation. Yeah. So um, I end up talking to a fertility doctor and we had gone into the appointment. He did all kinds of testing and then he called me. I remember I was in Atlanta for a meeting at work and he called me. He's like, you should probably come in. And I was like, hmm. That doesn't sound, yeah. that doesn't sound good. You don't yeah. want to tell me over the phone. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to go back there and his, um, he was actually gone and he's like, I won't be back till next week. I'm like, well, I'm not going to wait till next week. Like, yeah. I, I need yeah. to know what's going on. Yeah. So his partner with, um, we'll call it no bedside manner oh. at all, ends <laughs> up, um, doing our appointment and basically sat down in front of us and was like, look, these numbers are really bad. Um, you're not going to be able to have your own kids. And here's the uh, brochure for adoption, if you want to look into that. Um, here's the brochure for donor. Um, honestly, there's nothing we can do here. And both of us are sitting there like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Can we back up? It was very matter of fact. It was very like, mm, yeah, have a nice day. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up talking to that doctor the next week, and he was like, I'm so sorry that that's mm-hmm. the way it was presented. And I said, that's fine, but, you know, I'm yeah. not going to be going to your clinic anymore because yeah. I just, I can't. Yeah. Um, what was the emotion around that when you had that appointment with that doctor? I know, obviously, she had, yeah. I mean, she didn't right. help in the situation. Yeah, right. But as a woman, like, what was the emotion around that conversation, uh, not only with the doctor, but then yeah, with the Yeah, the initial was just complete shock. I remember the yeah. two of us getting into the car yeah. and just sitting there. Yeah. Like, both of us staring forward not saying a thing because we had no idea kind of what to say. Yeah. And I think your initial emotion is not the, oh, maybe they're wrong, anything else. I think your initial emotion is just this horrible sadness and, like, failure. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, as much as we don't want to put that label on it, I think that every woman who wants kids has this, like, innate, like, oh, this is is something that I'm supposed to do do. and Mm -hmm. my body is supposed to do and... And I can't do it. And yep. there's this like feeling of failure for that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I think that it, it took us a little while to kind of gather, yeah. <laughs> gather everything. Cause it was just the, especially the way it was presented was just like, yeah, whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get a couple more opinions. So I went and got a second opinion, um, showed them my AMA. So there's the two, mm-hmm. you know, kind of two second thing here. Yep. AMH and FSH are the two um, hormones that yep. you have that yep. dictate pregnancy. AMH is basically the um, number of eggs. Mm-hmm. So that goes down the older you get um, until you hit menopause and that number is zero. Yeah. And when uh, does it start to go down? It's, it goes down your entire life. Yeah. So that's why, you know, you see the 16 year old that can yep. get pregnant with a good sneeze. Yep. That, that is because they have yeah. a ton of eggs. Yeah. Um, the statistics show that around 37 is yeah. when it goes from like, you know, kind of drop, drop, drop to the yeah. really coming down, um, yeah. much more dramatic. Yep. Um, and then from there, it just depends on the person. Yep. I mean, you see people who go through menopause at 40. You see people that go through menopause at 65. Right. It's, it really varies on the person. Sure. And then the other one is the FSH, follicle mm-hmm. stimulating, which is the quality of your eggs. Yeah. So there are plenty of people out there. I mean, you hear of IVF retrievals where they get 30 yeah. eggs, just yeah. crazy amounts, yeah. and two of them are any good. 
because yeah. the quality of their eggs sure. is not any good. So yep. it's both those numbers are very important. So yep. your FSH, they want it to be um, in a normal range, which is about 10. Mm-hmm. And then AMH, basically, the higher it is, the better. Yep. Um, so my AMH at the time was 1.5. Yeah. So very low, mm-hmm. which just says I'm not producing a lot. And my FSH was 47, which basically tells you I'm in full menopause. And obviously, if you're going for 10, that's yeah. very far off. Yeah. So I, you know, I go to a couple other doctors, show them the results. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them had actually said, oh, I went the same thing. Um, you know, I have my daughter through um, donor eggs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great program. And I was like, okay, you know, okay, if that's what we need to do, no, at least sure. it'll still be yeah. Jason's, you know, mm-hmm. still be part of us. Sure. And I said, okay. And then... Um, Went to a third doctor because I'm That's amazing that stubborn. you went to, No, that's good. I think that's important. The fact yep. that you, you know, went out and sought other mm-hmm. options, yep. you know, whatever. You, you exhausted it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was no, not. Good for you. Not good at taking no for an answer. Yeah. So we went to the third one, um, Dr. Bahara, who is here with Bloom. I actually didn't realize it at the time until I walked into her office, but she's the doctor on the doctors, the show yeah. the doctors. So I was like, why does she look familiar? <laughs> um, but she, I mean, absolutely the best bedside manner of anyone yeah. I've ever met. She's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And go in and, you know, eventually got the consultation with her. It took a while. Mm-hmm. So um, in that time frame, I just basically started Dr. Google. Sure. I was just so curious. I'm like, this is, they're just telling me that there's absolutely nothing that I can do at all. And mm-hmm. though I think there's a huge place for Western medicine, I think that what we miss more than anything in society is Eastern medicine yes. and, and all the great things that it does. So I just basically started Googling everything, mm-hmm. you know, how to control hormones, everything else yeah. in that time frame. So <clears throat> this was probably, I mean, it probably took me about three months to get into her. Okay. So I just started doing everything that I found that, yeah. that seemed yeah. logical. So what were those um, things? I removed all caffeine okay, because caffeine um, directly affects your liver and pancreas, which control your hormones. So for a normal person, yeah. great, have your yeah. cup of coffee for someone in my situation. No, you know, yep. not, not worth it. Yep. Um, I was doing my, uh, fertility smoothie every morning. So there are a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of supplements, um, obviously a lot of greens, yep. um, maca root. There's a lot of, um, interesting supplements out yep. there that have been found to boost and they do all different things, you know, uterine lining hormones, sure. you know, they they kind of have all different uses for them. Yeah. So every morning, I would make myself a fertility <laughs> smoothie is what I called it because I had no better, more original name yeah, for it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the biggest thing that I did is I removed every chemical yep. from my life. Um, it is amazing. I mean, there are literally thousands of studies out there mm-hmm. about, um, they basically call them the endocrine disruptors, yep. but how much... Every single thing that we use from our cleaning solution to our deodorant and the amount of chemicals, there's just, there's just really no regulation in the U.S. Yeah. At all. Makeup too, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Makeup. Absolutely. So, so yeah, we have about 3,000 different chemicals that are used here that, well, just to give you an idea of our chemicals, Europe bans like 12,000 of them. Right. It's just, and those are chemicals that we use, use. that the U.S. is like, hmm. Yeah. 
you know, and there's, there's a lot of like, like environmental working group, EWR, it's really working on making a difference there, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's turning the Titanic. So it's going to yeah. take a while. Yep. So essentially the best place that people can do this is just or the best way I should say yeah. is on their own yep. because it's, it's going to be a very long time. Yep. So all of these very, very known, well-known like, Hey, this causes birth defects. This causes your hormone levels to be way off all of these things. Mm-hmm. I basically researched all the chemicals and removed them all. So yep. went green on everything in my home, mm-hmm. paraben free, um, talc free, everything else on my makeup. Yeah. Just, you know, everything yeah. that I could possibly switch out. Yep. So by the time I get to this appointment with Dr. Behera, mm-hmm. um, I sit down with her and she is absolutely amazing. And she's like, I, I'm fine with doing whatever you want, but I can yeah. tell that you really yeah. want your own kids. Yeah. And I said, yes. And I, and at this time too, we had already gone through all the initial adoption process too, okay. um, which uh, if anyone has gone through that process, the laws behind it are yeah. very backwards and, yeah. and unbelievable and you know all the time that the mother and father have afterwards to basically right. change their mind yep it, it, it was a very hard and emotional thing that we were like oh yeah can we go through that yep. so so we had gone to Dr. Para and she she was like I'm willing to try if you are which is uncommon for fertility doctors because there are a lot of them that rely on their numbers success rates yep, absolutely and they're like mm, Yep. You know, yeah. no, you're, you're going to mess up my rates. Yeah. She could care less about yeah. her rates. She yep. cares about the patient, the patient, which That's is amazing. Amazing. Yep. So, uh, went back to her. And so by the time all of this was done, we decided, she's like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, okay, with your next cycle, day three, we'll mm-hmm. retest everything. So we're, we're probably about four and a half, we're probably about five months yeah. from the time that I completely cleaned up everything. Yeah. They do my blood work, and she calls me back, and she said, well, a couple interesting things. She's like, well, your AMH is still low, but, you know, anything yeah. that's not zero yeah. means you're still producing, so yeah. we're good. Yeah. She said, your FSH is 10.5. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh <my laughs> because goodness. when when I originally was told it was 47, yeah. even um, my insurance tried to drop me, yeah. tried to drop my oh, fertility benefits, my because they said... Um, we're not even going to cover yeah. IVF because yeah. it's not going to work on right. you. Yeah. And I said, well, what does my FSH have to be for you to cover me? Yeah. And they said, uh, 24. And I said, is it physically possible to get from 47 to 24? And they said, nope. And yep. I said, okay. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, now we're thinking, okay, we're going to wow. have to figure this out on our own. Yeah. Is this worth it? Are we throwing away money for this yeah. kind of pipe dream of yeah. a, you know, is this really realistic? And then when she says that, I'm like, and, and again, this is everything I've read online too. Yeah. Like, and this like, is f- what, five months? Five or six. six yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Probably about five. Um, yeah. This is everything I've read online. Everything, yep. everything is like, you know, maybe you can budget, but mm-hmm. you, you can't shift it yeah. essentially. So, um, I remember I called the insurance back the next day and yeah. I was like, I'd like you to look at my blood test. Yeah. Kind of like, haha, even though the poor person on the other line was, yeah. has nothing to do with anything. Um, but, but yeah. So you, by the way. I know. Like, like told you so, Etna. Ha ha. Um, so yeah, it was, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, it worked. Yeah. 
essentially. So um, after, you know, being told, and again, this is very Western medicine Mm -hmm. saying no. And so I think that that's where it's like, okay, now now we've combined the two. So we proceeded with our first round of IVF. Mm -hmm. Um, We got, you know, because my AMH is low, we're still not going to get a lot of um, right. follicles. I also have one ovary that has decided to not work at all. So you're, yeah, everything looks fine in it. Yeah. I mean, I had some cysts removed, but nothing that was, uh, everything should be working for all the rounds of IVF. Yeah. It yep. did not work. Yeah. Who knows why? Uh, so we got, um, four of them. We sent them off for genetic testing, which is not a requirement when you do IVF. Yep. It's just, you know, to me, it's what, if I have four of them, I mean, I could have spent time implanting right. and miscarrying, whatever right. else. Uh, the genetic testing tests the, the quality and the yeah. The so genetic all the all the this complete yeah. genetic makeup, yeah. all the chromosomes. So I mean, it gets down to the point that it could tell you, oh, this one's missing um, this chromosome, yeah. which means this would have happened. Yeah. So and some of it means. You would have probably miscarried. And I mean, it's it's detailed enough to be like, you would have probably miscarried around week six or you could have miscarried around week 20. Like, yeah. that's how much they know about yeah. genetic testing. It's amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, you could have not miscarried and yeah. had a child with a lot of issues too, which is, yeah. I mean, all these things that are very tough to think about. Sure. So um, <clears throat> we just went ahead and did that. It was an out-of-pocket thing that we felt was very worth it. So mm-hmm. on that first round, we had um, four that we sent off and none of them were good. So we got that call and we were like, wow. Um, you know, so that, you know, you have that kind of doubt, like, okay, the number looked better, but is it really, you know, not that it was a false positive by any means, but you know, do I really have the quality? Yeah. So we decide to go, um, do a second round. And when you're doing a round, like mm-hmm. how long is like a round? Like so what's the so, entire, you so know? you basically wait until your cycle. Cause everything's based off your cycle. Yep. You, um, do a retrieval. Essentially there you start all the stimulation, um, which are shots yep. of different kinds and a couple medications. You start the stimulation, you go through that. Um, and then when you are ovulating, then they are retrieving the eggs. Um, then there are some people that do a fresh transfer, mm-hmm. so that's going to happen a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctor does mostly frozen because the statistics, weirdly enough, are much higher, higher. on those. Okay. And obviously you can't do uh, genetic testing on fresh because they have, yep. they freeze it and then they send a, yep. they actually send this, like, yeah. the tiniest, tiniest bit of it yeah. off. It's just a crazy little thing. But, uh, so for me, it was then they're frozen and then we start, you know, they send them off. And then the next month we start, it's a new kind of um, stimulation, basically preparing. So you're preparing yeah. the uterine lining, everything. Yeah. You're preparing your body for implantation. Yep. And then <clears throat> that's that's something where it's just getting to that magic number. Yeah. I mean, you're in there for ultrasounds and blood work every couple of days until it, you know, looks perfect to them. Yeah. And then you implant. Right. So fresh, you know can be a little bit quicker process frozen frozen can be more like two three months um and then just kind of depends the prep that goes into it because you know you're usually waiting to cycle everything else so so now you've no quality eggs right no eggs at all so we decide that we're going to do it again okay we do um after the genetic testing we end up with one and it's a boy 
and which is another crazy thing with genetic testing, you know yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we implant, and I carried him for eight weeks, yeah. and miscarried, yeah. and um, it was that one was a lot harder because it was you know once you get to eight weeks, like you've yeah. heard a heartbeat, it's yeah. just it's much more real. I mean, yep. you've seen them, yep. you know, somewhat moving on yep. an ultrasound. It, it's a much more real experience than a six-week miscarriage. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> we do that. And and I had gotten in between IVF. I had actually gotten pregnant, I think, one other time naturally, too. Okay. So, and that's the one I had miscarried at six weeks. Okay. So I miscarried that one much earlier. So now this so, is your third? So this is my second, or second? second round of IVF. Um, mis- third miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, miscarried. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, they just, they have no idea why. They're like, it was a genetically perfect. I mean, that was yep. why we did the genetic testing. Yep. It was very bizarre. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to bring Eastern medicine back into this. Okay. So I um, find, I have a friend that knows of this Eastern, he's an ND and an MD, weirdly enough, but uh, focus is really on the naturopathic side. Mm -hmm. So he is in Backwoods, Virginia. I don't even know how anyone is, how the first person found this guy. Uh, He also has no bedside manner, but he also has a 100% success rate. Um, So I'm like, all right, worth talking to this guy. So he does this A to Z blood panel on me. Um, I mean, I literally walked in the lab core and the lady looked at it like, oh my gosh, I think it was 26 vials of blood or something (laughs) crazy like that. (laughs) Um, And the biggest, you know, a couple things came back and the biggest thing that came back was I had heavy metal toxicity. Okay. Which... Yeah, right. Who knows? Right. Uh, I mean, (laughs) when you look up where do you get that, it's like from food, from the lining of a pan, from, you know, there's all these very bizarre things. Sure. So he puts me on all these things to, to get rid of that. Yeah. And if you pull up heavy metal toxicity, there's like major side effects. The second one is infertility. Oh. And you're like, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, as frustrating as it was, I was kind of in the back of my mind thinking, oh, could this be it? Yeah. Um, so... We, we push off because we were actually supposed to start that third round because I don't give up. <laughs> so we were supposed to start yeah. that third round of IVF. We pushed it back. And he told me, he's like, if you do this with me, you don't even need IVF. And I was like, I appreciate your confidence mm-hmm. slash cockiness. But at the same <laughs> time, I think with my <clears throat> FSH levels, I just didn't want to take the chance of getting pregnant and yep. miscarrying again. Sure. So we did the next round, and at this time, we decided to add donor eggs to it. Yeah. Because I just think we were not 100% like, you know, oh, this this is going to work. Because each time, you know, we're getting zero, and then we got one. And I said, well, if we get zero again, we will have gone through all this. Yeah. So that was a very hard decision for us because I think – I think for me, I would look at so many kids, and it's such a silly thing, but they'd be like, oh, my gosh, she looks just like her mom. Sure. And there would be this piece of me that's like, if they said that to me, yeah, like, would that be hard for me? Sure. Um, so I, I had a really hard time with the donor thing. Finally said, you know, hey, if we want kids, yeah, this is the way to go. And again, yeah. it'll be Jason's as yeah. well. At least, you know, we're passing on yep. some of our genes. And so we... Go through this. We add donor, which is it's very expensive. Yeah, Dad, um, it's yeah. kind of funny. You buy a pack of eggs, 
like we bought a six pack. It's, it's <laughs> the funniest. Like, it's literally how it is. It's like, would you like a six pack or a 10 pack? And it's like, what? Yeah. What are we buying here? Um, and it was very high. Like you, you go, you look through the donor book. I mean, a lot of people yeah. have seen it in movies where you look through the sperm bank book. Yep. It's the exact same going the yep. other way, you know, and we end up, we we're like, I don't think this is meant to be. So I, um, set a follow-up appointment for Dr. Behera and she's like, Hey, what, you know, yeah. what are you here for today? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. And I started crying Aww. and she was like, okay, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just don't know. Like none of the donors in the book are like speaking to me. Yeah. And I just don't know if we can go through this another round and not yeah. get anything from it. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I, I genuinely don't know. Yeah. And I mean, she, uh, she comes around and she gives me a big hug and she's like, we're going to figure this out. Like oh, we're going to figure it out together. And I was like, amazing. thank you so much. Like, yeah, yeah she's yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. So we, we walk back around to the other side and we're kind of sitting there waiting for um, the person who does all their financial stuff because we're also like, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> let's have a conversation yeah. about how realistic this is to do yeah. this for a third round. Yeah. And the lady who runs their donor program um, was there, one of the nurses, and she's like, hey, I have a donor right now that um, it's just finishing the process, so she's not in the book yet. Uh-huh. Would you want to look at her profile? I said, sure. She gives her gives me her profile, and she is 5'8", blonde hair, blue eyes, biology major, athletic, like all these things, because, you know, I'm super smart <laughs> now. But I was like, it was like all, we were like, oh, my gosh, yeah. like, crazy timing like we're in this office we don't even know why we're in this office so I was like this is a sign we're gonna do this yeah so and it is actually less expensive to buy the eggs if if you have a um a place that actually does their own okay donor program yeah because it's all internal Internal. so we got a great deal of ten thousand dollars oh my gosh for our six pack of eggs (laughs) so I mean that it's tricky too because you have no idea I mean these are her eggs yeah. They've never been tested. You right. don't. You don't have a right. clue. Um, and you're just putting these into the mix with what you're hoping yep. to retrieve from. Your so, and so that's what our conversation with the doctor was. I said, you know, I don't want to give up on our own. Yep. So because now you've done all this work for to eliminate the metal toxicity, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So I said, let's just can we do both? Yeah. And she said, absolutely. So yeah. we go through a full retrieval, yep. and we get um, all of mine eggs and then hers and essentially fertilize all of them with Jason's sperm. Yeah. And we end up with, uh, I think three, three of her embryos and three of mine. Okay. And so we send them off for the genetic testing and funny enough, they are all girls, even the ones that weren't good. So Jason, who's one of three boys and was like, how did that happen? So, um, they came back and two of hers were good and one of mine. Okay. So, and originally we kind of talked about wanting twins and, you know, maybe just being pregnant once, especially with my age, you know, get it over with, which now I see people with twins. I'm like, how do you do it? I don't, I don't know. And, and we kind of went through the process and I'm like, well, what if we implanted both and hers made it and not ours? Like this yeah. is kind of what we saw as our last chance to have our own child. Sure. So I said, let's, let's just keep hers frozen. Let's implant ours. And we did. And obviously yeah. that is Madison. Yeah. So Madison is now seven months. So, I mean, I think that the entire, I thought that it would be less stressful once, you know, you pass the 20 weeks and, yeah. or pass the 12 and then pass the 20. Sure. And, 
yeah. it was never less stressful yeah. the entire time. Thinking, I so. mean, what was the, the thinking that you had going through? I mean, um, I mean, there me. was, there was partly, partially like in the beginning, it was like, this is our last chance yep. at our own family. Yeah. And, you know, it would have been, even if we adopted or used donor, it would still be our family, but like, yep. my last chance at, I guess I yeah. should say my own yeah. biological child. And so it was very hard. And so I was trying to do like everything that I could. And so, and because I had miscarried multiple times, I think there was that, uh, yep. uh, you know, question the whole time. And I also, yep. the way that my placenta was placed, I didn't really feel her. Mm, which, yeah, you know, yep. I, I know for a lot of people that were like, you're lucky because, you know, yeah. my little one kicked the, you know what, out of me for yeah. however many months, but yeah. it was very much sure v- messing with me because yep. I was like, yeah, please tell me you're in there. I think yep. yeah, our friend Kelly gave us, gave me her little Doppler, Doppler and sure. I think that thing saved my sanity because yep. I think that poor kid got her heart checked um, yeah. every other night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, getting to each of these milestones. And then when they get through the 28 weeks and they're like, it's a viable fetus now, mm-hmm. you know, even if you had to come early, obviously not yeah. ideal, but you have a child now. Yeah. And then when it gets to all these things and, and yeah. you're seeing it and it becomes real. And I think until you have them, it doesn't yeah. <laughs> become completely yeah. real. So, so we've gone through all that and, now are basically to to the next steps because yeah. we we would like to have two kids and um you know I think that before I had accepted the donor piece yeah. because I thought it was my only option yeah. to have a family and yeah. now that I've had my own I'm kind of like so yeah let's yeah. talk about that yeah Maddie is born she like is now born. she was born in June, June? of mm-hmm. 2019 right so Four years after you had started trying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I mean, what was the, what, I mean, I, I know the story yeah. because, you know, I've, I've, we we're friends and so, but like, give me the emotion. Like, what, what um, you know, it, it was really interesting because it was not what I expected at all in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had a very hard time with yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was colic, reflux, yeah. um, just never happy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there, there is an aspect where I think every mother is like, why didn't you tell me that it was like this in the <laughs> beginning? And I don't know why we don't tell each other if it's I simply know. like, because <laughs> you're, we don't want you to know how bad it is or you like, won't have any more kids. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why, because even now I'm like, I, I, I will tell people, I'll be like, it's really hard. It is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Maybe I'm not telling you fully because you're going to hate it. Yeah. But it's really hard. Yeah. Um, so I had also, I had a very, very tough birth with her. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, without getting too into it, essentially that we had issues with the placenta. Yep. I lost a lot of blood mm-hmm. to the point that they almost rushed me to the OR to yeah. save yeah. me. Like she's just sitting there in Jason's arms and Jason's sitting there with this look of like oh my god you know helplessness on his face and so um you know and they say a lot of times when it's a rough birth that you have the problems and then I mean she napped for no more than 15 minutes uh was up all the time was if she was up she was screaming Mm -hmm. so I I think it was really hard for me because you know I have all these people that are like oh you know, is it just the blessing that right. you've been waiting for sure. for years? Yeah. And I wanted to be like, no, yeah. 
Like, yeah. And that's she's real. She's a complete jerk. Yeah. Like, and I'm that's not real, enjoying Laura. a single, yeah. single second of this. And yeah. I mean, I felt this horrible guilt sure. for feeling that way. Yep. But I was like, yeah, what is this? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something I'm missing or there's yep. got to be the light at the end of the yep. tunnel. Yep. And I mean, the whole time, and I, we would even talk to the doctors. We're like, she's either eating, sleeping, or screaming. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not another option. There's yeah. not been like, you know, you see the pictures of people like cuddling with their new babies. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what it's all about. And I'm like, so I had no connection, which I realize now was postpartum. Yep. Uh, but at the time, I didn't, you know, when they have you fill out this thing for postpartum, they have you do it at the pediatric top, pediatrician, yeah. at the gyno, at the hospital. It's it's very dramatic. It's like, you know, would you like to throw your child yeah. out of a moving car? <laughs> right. And I'm I like, know. Right. Wrong? you know, it's yeah. just this yeah. ridiculous, yeah. Um, you know, have you thought about harming yourself? Yeah. But I'm like, no. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? And so that's, I felt like postpartum was this deep dramatic depression and it's not uh, at no. all it's, it's it's much more subtle yep yeah and so realizing you know I now realize that that's mm-hmm. what was happening mm-hmm. um and it was probably three months before I started feeling much of anything yeah. towards her mm-hmm. where I remember going on my first work trip and <clears throat> everyone's like oh my gosh is this like the hardest thing ever <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, no, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, I, like, there's not someone screaming at me right now. And then, of course, the immediate, like, guilt comes through. And they're like, oh, my gosh, is Jason sending you 100 pictures? And he hadn't sent me a picture. And I was like, it didn't really occur to me that he hadn't sent me a picture. Like, should I be wanting pictures? Like, all these things. Then, you know, it's kind of one of those things that around probably four months her colic got a lot better, yeah. but they also start to get a personality. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, the clouds parted type of thing yeah. where yep. it, a lot of people will say that it just kind of happens like it that. Does. Does, and yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, yeah, yep. check out this little human I that, that I, I made that the is exact just same amazing. Feeling. Yeah, exact same feeling with Tristan because I feel like I went through a little bit of postpartum with him mm-hmm. too. And it was really right at the three, four month mark with him where it was like, <clears> oh, yeah, this, this is, is when the fun begins. This is like, what people uh, are talking yep, about. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And yeah. some people have that connection yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. It was very I different for you me had with, different with, with Cameron, Cameron, right? It was yeah. like instant with her. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's so funny. So, but yeah, you know, you just have never yep. been there and you don't know. So, so yeah. It, and then around six months, you realize, oh, that's how people have another kid because yep. they're <laughs> yep. adorable and giggling yeah. and so interactive and getting that personality and everything else and you're like oh now I see people do have multiple kids for a reason (laughs) so um so for us it you know my age is probably the biggest factor because I am 41 yep and I have no problem with being a you know 41 year old mom Mm -hmm. dropping her kids off at school what I don't necessarily want is to not be able to be a part of my grandchildren's life. You know, there is a point in life that, you know, we only live so long and, um, you know, I'm already going to be dropping, dropping them off at college while I retire. It's going to be a little interesting, (laughs) but like, I'm not worried about any of that now, but there's a part of me that's like, you know, I I just go ahead and have the, have the next one and do that. And for some reason I had this overwhelming, like, kind of blockage with 
the donor eggs. Yeah. I mean, we went in, we had our appointment and, you know, we're like, okay, ready? Like, let's go implant. And we're in for that appointment. And essentially what that appointment looks like is she just does an ultrasound mm-hmm. and she checks your tubes, checks everything, makes sure everything looks good. And they put you on a very, very mild birth control just to control your cycle because sure. it has to be right yep. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's looking in there and she's like, um, there are, you, you have follicles in there when you shouldn't have anything. And I was like, why is that? And she's like, well, your body's trying really hard here to do something. Like, uh, is that normal? Yeah. And she said, well, a lot of times after you've given birth, your body kind of figures it out. Know. I mean, you hear that with a lot of people yeah. that have tried for a long yeah. time. And then, you know, I have a friend that has Irish twins pretty much because, because of it. Of it's it. yep. it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, and she's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to try naturally, whatever else? And I was like, oh, well, that seems logical yeah. to not spend another $20,000. Yeah. Uh, so we go back and we're t- Jason and I are talking about it. And then the whole like you know my my fsh is still yeah still a factor sure I'm like and it, then now i'm 41 i'm like do we go through that process again possibly yeah. miscarry everything else and then we go back and i was like all right this is a little crazy but i think that we're gonna do a whole nother round of ivf yeah and she's like let's do it yeah like absolutely so if i'm like if i know that my body is producing yep um, and just to give you an idea, we went in to just do the checkup just to see follicles. And I think the most I've ever produced, is they've seen like six or eight, and there were 11 on there. That's awesome. It's yeah. just so bizarre how, yeah. how the body works. Yeah. So we went in there, checked it all out. She's like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. We've always got those donor frozen yep. if we need to. But um, so, yeah, I think we're going to start. Yeah, pretty soon with this uh, next cycle, we're going to start another round of IVF, yes. and then we're going to do, just so we can do the genetic testing and just yep. make sure that that we get, you know, a good viable yeah. viable embryo, and, you know, Jason would like that embryo to be a boy, but <laughs> I think at this point, does yeah. not matter at yeah. all, plus, you know, now once you have a girl, you have all this cute girl stuff, yeah. and you're like, ooh, yeah. that's fun too, so honestly, either way, um, I think it's just that we wanted to have one more chance at, at having, yeah. having our own Absolutely. biological. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So you haven't done the retrieval yet, so no. So, But we yeah. know the, the body is working. No, the body is working, yes. Yeah. So we, we could have done the retrieval. You know, there are a couple of options that you can do. We thought about just doing a stimulation where essentially they could just give me the shot to stimulate, and all that's going to do is get my body to make more mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> try it on our own. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the plan. That's what mm-hmm. we were going to do in December. And then we kind of, the last minute, we're like, you know, what if my body picks a bad one and we yeah. have to go through all this? Like, yeah. I just didn't know emotionally going through another miscarriage, mm-hmm. all those things. So, so we actually delayed it mm-hmm. uh, to start this month. But, yeah, I mean, everything, it's basically going to be – yeah. You know, in my mind, like nothing, nothing should go wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm making more um, follicles, yeah. which, you know, basically they, they can't even see all the follicles on the screen a lot of times. Yeah. And they may say, oh, I see eight and there's 10 in there sure. or, or more. And then essentially they will retrieve all of those. And some of them will be nothing, mm-hmm. you know, almost like a cyst type looking piece. It'll be nothing. And then they'll say, okay, this many of them are actually eggs, mm-hmm. viable eggs. And then they... Um, inseminate them and there's a period called blastosis where that's will they survive so some of them won't even survive the insemination yeah the sperm 
And then they'll say, okay, we've got, you know, six of them going through that. Mm. It's about a week process. They come back and say, okay. And they're essentially, they're growing. They're yeah. becoming embryos. So, yeah. hey, this many made it to embryo. Yeah. And those are the ones we'll send off for genetic testing. And yeah. then from those, you know, hopefully we'll have a couple of good yeah. ones. And yeah. then implant one of those here probably in a couple of months. That's Don't tell my job. No, we <laughs> go, won't. Go, go on maternity I'm leave so again. For you. Thank you. Looking back at the whole thing, is uh-huh. there anything you would do different? Um, I mean, there there's a part of me that looks back to that conversation I had with my gynecologist at 31. Um, uh-huh. That there's like, oh man, I wish I would know that. They don't know yeah. really anything about it because um, yep. then they tried a couple of things even in the very beginning they're like we'll try Clomid because that's what everyone says to try oh, in the yeah, beginning yeah. Yep. and yeah Clomid does nothing for someone who has the hormone issues that I did mm-hmm. so you know there's there's that part of me that's like oh I wish that I would have known more because you yeah. just whenever you talk to any doctor like you yeah. just expect them to, to know, know or to at least acknowledge that yeah. they don't know yeah. <laughs> and I got Neither of those things yeah. from from the doctor. And the more people I talk to about that, they're like, oh, well, my gynecologist said, I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> please understand that. Yeah. That's just not their specialty. Yep. You know, it'd be like talking to them about your foot. Go to a yep. podiatrist. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> right. it's, you know, people just link the two together yeah. and, and they're not linked at all mm-hmm. in the actual practice. So, you know, there's part of me that's like, oh man, if I would have known, like, who knows what my hormones were at that time. If yeah. I would have known, could I have frozen my eggs and yeah. not dealt with any of this? Um but no, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm a big believer in then everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I, my journey brought me to where we are. And, you know, before I was like, you know, why did I go through all this, whatever else? And I mean, as you know, I've been through other things medically in my life yeah. too. And so I was like, you know, did those things have effect on it? Which they say they're dead isn't, but I think that all of these things that I've been through yep. have changed my perspective on a lot of things, made me much stronger, um, much more resilient, and just changed my general perspective on life. Um, before, I was, I was very much a, a kind of a hard-ass person, like very tough to break. And, and this process, even though it wasn't like an overnight thing, it was a very gradual thing, changed that dramatically. Yeah. And I don't even think I realized it until... Yep kind of hindsight of it, but it's just like the way that I pretty much approach everything. I I was talking to someone yesterday and they're like, oh, you know, we're we're working on trying to buy a house. And he's like, oh, you know, you're just very like laissez-faire about it. I'm like, yeah, I can only control it so much. So like anything that I can't control, yeah, I just kind of let, let the powers of be control it and, and go with it. So I think that, you know, and I think that also if I'm looking a lot bigger picture because now I think my goal going forward, as you know, mm-hmm. is I would like to help other people who are going through the situation. Yep. Now that I know that, you know, a lot of people are asking their gynecologists for help and they can't help, or a lot of them may have not had a very good experience with, um, with an IVF doctor, or maybe they just can't afford it. I mean, it's yeah. not not cheap. I was right. very lucky until this point to have a company that helped cover it um, and have the means to do to cover the rest but there's a lot of people that don't and so you know are there other options and I mean most of the people that you talk to that they use it the term is unexplained infertility and 
it's, it's such a tough term because yeah. it's so yeah. frustrating. Yeah. So it's, you know, can I take those people with what they think is unexplained infertility yep. and really take a look at a couple things yep. that no one's taken a look at yeah. and change so those, that. Those women out there that, you know, are listening that you mm-hmm. want to help. What is, what's the, what's your one biggest piece of advice for them as they're going through this journey like you went through? Um, I think that, uh, you know, there, it's kind of twofold. One is to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is absolutely amazing how many people, because, you know, the second that I see someone post about, do any kind of post, social media, Mm -hmm. wherever on infertility, I immediately reach out to them and I'm like, been there. Yeah. What can I do to help you? Because it, it feels very lonely and I mean I have an absolutely amazing husband and support system but mm-hmm. you know they don't have a clue yeah, what's no. going on either I <laughs> no. mean they're they're yeah. as much in the dark as we are so yeah. um, just putting it out there yeah. because it'll be amazing how many people other people are going through this yep. and and can help you know even if it's just moral emotional mm-hmm. support that mm-hmm. kind of piece and I think that the other part is just um don't disregard the little things because I think yeah. people will go to the IVF doctor and be like, oh my gosh, I don't understand why my hormones are so messed up. And then they come home and they wipe down their kitchen with Clorox wipes. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm like, you're literally fighting yeah. against yep. your hormones yep. every time you touch that. Yep. So, you know, it seems like such a little thing, but I think that if it, I think that they would, and they're going to feel better too. It's not just going to be hormones, just in general, if they can um, make the little changes in their life um, with what they put into their body um, to what they put into their house, anything else. If they can start making those little changes, they will see big results from it. Yeah. 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 Well, you, I mean, listening to your story, I mean, you literally had blow after blow Mm -hmm. after blow. I mean, kind of as you went through this and then you still now have Madison. I do. Yeah. So I just want you to know as a woman who's your friend and who's been watching from the outside, I can remember saying like, she wants to be a mom so bad. And she, you did everything. You exhausted everything. You did all the things that are out there to do to help with infertility. You did it. Yes. So, I mean, just from somebody who's been on the outside watching this whole thing unfold over the last four years, like Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, Appreciate just it. the perseverance and the determination yes. over the adversity that was infertility right. for you and Jason. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, Madison is a blessing. Thank you. Oh, yeah. my God. She she absolutely is. And she is, like, it's just so great and and so rewarding. Yeah. You know, now it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I totally get it. Like yeah. it, it, it was all, the entire journey was yeah. so worth it. And I hope that I can help the next person yep. who's going through the same thing that, yeah. you know, you don't have to spend six months Googling <laughs> what yeah, to do right. and trying to figure it out and saying, is this the right, you know, does this make sense? Yeah. Should I have done this test? Should I have not? I'm hoping that I can kind of be a guide for those people. Yeah. Um, then not just a, Hey, you know, let's make some small changes, but also Hey, there's hope. Yep. Um, you know, I see people in the IVF support groups and stuff all the time. They're like, oh, we only got four eggs. And, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, three of those became embryos. And I'm like, literally yeah. takes one. Yep. Like, we had one. Yep. That was it. Yep, you did. <laughs> and, and here she is. Here she and, is. 
And yeah. so, and it's great. And yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm yeah. excited for you kind of as you start this journey and helping others. Thank I'm proud you. of you. Um, you have an absolutely beautiful story that you just shared with us. And I thank you thank so you. much oh. for being a part of this. Thank you for letting me share it. Yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I hope that hope, truly hope that it will help others and, well. and nothing else. Just kind of keep them motivated yeah. to stay the path. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Nicole Anders experience while listening along to Laura's story of adversity. Share your story. Everyone has a beautiful story that deserves to be shared and heard. If this episode resonated with you at all, please leave us a comment, a review, share it with anybody who you think would would benefit from listening to this episode. We all have beautiful stories that deserve to be heard.